بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين we look at some of the rules and laws pertaining to the masjid masjid is a place that we attend daily so it's only right in fact it's much more important to understand what are the rules, the laws that apply when you enter the masjid, when you leave the masjid, whilst you are being in the masjid, whilst you sit here. So we know of the virtues of the masjid. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned about a person, the seven people that will get shade on Qiyamah Day, shade under the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and one of them will be that person whose heart was attached to the masjid. قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ masjid. And he explains what does it mean. He leaves the masjid and then he's looking at his watch. When must I come back again for the next salah? So even though he's out of the masjid, his heart is still with the masjid and he's worried. He doesn't want to miss his salah, his jamaat salah. And that is why you find that people will will regulate their work and their times so that they never miss Jamaat Salah. They're always in time, they're not out from the masjid or busy with some work. And if you are not, Jamaat Salah of course is a different thing, it's an important thing. If you are not in the masjid, you're far away and there are two or three people at least make the Salah in Jamaat instead of doing it individually. So firstly, what is the meaning of masjid? Masjid means a place of salah. A place where you make salah. Even in your house, if you've got a place where you make salah, you call that a masjid. But of course, there are two types of masjid. One is the official masjid, which is that land or that uh, building that has been made waqf for purposes of jamaat salah. So this official masjid, it comes about like this. A person has got a piece of ground, he builds a, puts up a building there. He makes a need that this is a masjid. He declares it as a masjid and he makes it waqf for the sake of Allah. So that becomes waqf, but when does it become a masjid? Once they start making jamaat salah. After the first jamaat that takes place, now we say this is a masjid. And once it is a masjid, it remains like that till qiyamah. It cannot be sold, it cannot be given away to someone, it cannot be inherited. So if I built a masjid on a piece of land and I die, my heirs, they can't inherit it from me, it is waqf. Once the masjid becomes waqf, that it leaves the ownership of the, the donor and it goes into the ownership of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It belongs to Allah. Like Allah says in the Quran Kareem, the masjids belong to Allah. Although we can, in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also, they would name the masjids according to the locality. For example, they would say the masjid of Banu Zuraiq. Banu Zuraiq is a tribe that lived in a certain area of Medina. Their masjid was given that name. It was named after them. Masjid of Banu Salma. But it doesn't mean it belongs to them. It belongs to Allah, but for identification purposes, to know where you're going, you name it accordingly. 
So masjid, that is now a waqf, a waqf property, and it belongs to Allah. The second type of masjid is in our homes. And you find that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam encouraged this. It comes in the hadith, encourage people to have masjids in their homes. What does that mean? It means any room in your house, which you have now dedicated for purposes of salah. We call this a namaz room, salah room. So this is also sunnah to have in the homes. And if you don't have extra rooms, even a corner of your room. One sahabi, he invited, he actually asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that you must come to my house and I want you to make salah in my house. And that place where you make salah, I'll make that my masjid for the house, my home masjid. And the next day, Nabi, the Prophet of Allah you know, promised him, I'll come. And the next day he came in the morning, mid, mid, uh, midday. When he arrived there, he asked the Sahabi, where you want me to make salah? So he pointed out to a corner of his room. And Nabi Sallallahu made salah there. And then after that, he says, well, now this is my masjid for this particular, for my house. So this is also a sunnah. We read in the hadith of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu <laughs> when he was in Makkah already in Makkah by his house in Makkah in the front yard he built a small masjid for himself and his family and he used to sit there read Quran and the famous story of how the women and the children of the kuffar they would come and stand there and look at him and listen to him and see him crying tears flowing while he's reading Quran so the kuffar complained to Nabi Sallallahu they said this man of yours the Sahabi of us is going to take all our women and children into Islam. So better stop him from reading Quran here. So this is a sunnah to have a masjid in the home. Every house should have a place which is dedicated for salah. And then the laws apply there. Just like a masjid now, we have this masjid, for example, a place that is waqf. It must be kept clean. It must be respected. It must be sanctified. You can't bring dirt in the masjid. So likewise, if you have a masjid in your home, a namaz room, it must be kept clean. Uh, you, sh you shouldn't bring any dirt in there. It is all respect for the place of salah. Although that house masjid, it's not like the waqf masjid, so you can't make atikaf there. And I mentioned about atikaf that uh, if you, like we have a musalla, musalla, we call this like a jamaat khana. So a person has got a room there, he makes it a jamaat khana so people can come and make jamaat salah. Someone has got a, maybe the back of his shop or he's got a room in his shopping center so he converts that into a musalla. That's not also a masjid. And there you can't make itikaf there. So the waqf masjid, this is what we're speaking about, the masjid that we attend daily. So we shouldn't bring any dirt into the masjid. That is why when you come to the masjid, your clothes must be clean. The body must be clean. And they say people that work, people that work in such an environment that uh, uh, whereby they develop uh, smells or bad smells, bad odors on the body, on the clothing, they should first cleanse themselves thoroughly before coming to the masjid. In the time of the Sahaba, of course today you can't do this, Sahaba's time, uh, we know that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prohibited uh, people who eat raw onion or garlic from attending the masjid because of the smell. 
Sahaba Ikram would take people like that out of the masjid. Not in a harsh way, but take him by the hand and say, Brother, you shouldn't be in the masjid. And take him out, and then he would instruct him to cleanse himself. So anything. Now we find people smoking cigarettes. And the cigarette smell is something that you very hard to, to hide. Sometimes you come in a masjid, you stand next to someone, and you can get the smell of the smoking. So here to a person who is in the habit of smoking should not do that before he comes for salah. So it all comes down to how one mentally and spiritually prepares himself, himself for the salah. That's why your, your wudu should be done. Uh, it's preferable to make wudu at home and then come to the masjid. It's uh, preferable and encouraged to be with wudu whilst you are in the masjid. If the wudu breaks, to go out and make wudu again. Another important thing about the masjid is <coughs> that just like we don't bring any offensive odor, smell into the masjid, when you are in the masjid, you don't do anything that disrupts the concentration and the salah of the musallis. You can't read Quran aloud in the masjid. You can't read, uh, you can't make dhikr aloud in the masjid if people are making salah there. Yes, if there's no one in the masjid, you come in, you came, you come in between salah times, you can read loud Quran, loud dhikr. But if there are people making salah, then it is wrong. So, like manner, you cannot speak loud in the masjid. Even if you're speaking something of deen, even if you're speaking deeny matters, it shouldn't be so loud that you disturb the people that are making salah. Yes, if there's no one, now here we're sitting, I'm speaking aloud, there's no one making salah, that is permissible. But if there are people making salah, then we should lower the voice. And then, of course, another important thing is worldly, worldly discussion in the masjid. This has, been, uh, this has been termed in the Hadith Sharif as one of the signs of Qiyamah when people speak worldly matters in the masjid. So that's also important. Now, one is this, like, say you come into the masjid, you want to tell someone an important message, just one short sentence, that is fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But to have a, a long discussion or to sit and speak and speak and speak, that is totally haram. It is not allowed in the masjid, and as I said, it is part of the signs, one of the signs of Qiyamah. As we come closer to Qiyamah, people will indulge in this type of activity where they will sit in the masjid and speak about their business and their worldly matters. The masjid, of course, is a place of ibadat. The very first thing that must be done in the masjid or that the masjid is kept for is salah. Then after that, tilawat of Quran, dhikr of Allah, like we have dini discussions, classes, in the olden days, they had no madrasas, so the ulama, the fuqaha, they would conduct their classes in the masjid, but after the salah. So in alim, the sheikh would sit maybe in front of the pillar, and around him the students would sit, and he would conduct his hadith class, hadith lectures, or fiqh, whatever it was. But they wouldn't do it if people were busy engaged in salah. Inshallah, we'll continue with this.